With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Talk Recorded live. Hi, it's Susan Newman, a.k.a. Susie Brandtastic, your host for today's broadcast. The CEO and brand visibility designer at Susan Newman Design Incorporated, specializing in innovative branding and design for entrepreneurs, environmental organizations, and creatives. Did you know there's a live version of Susie Brandtastic focused on Jersey City entrepreneurs and musicians and environmentalists, but in 10 to 15 minute video bites? Just visit Susie Brandtastic on YouTube or susiebrandtastic.com. Today's show is sponsored by Frogs Are Green, spreading awareness and engaging people around the world to help save frogs and amphibians through education and creative action. Frogs Are Green has partnered with galleries, community centers, and the city of Jersey City to exhibit both Jersey City local and international children's frog and environmental artworks. Just visit frogsaregreen.org for our events calendar. And now I'm so pleased to introduce my special guest for today, Nick Yavata. So let me tell you a little bit about him. He's an experienced voiceover artist and journalist who has done work for Allegra, Dell Computers, Pandora Radio, NBC, Everbank, Thompson's Water Seal, Clear Eyes, Charlie Rose, Sears, Bloomberg, Discovery Channel, Universal Music, and more. He is available for documentaries, radio and TV commercials, and narration, as well as website and phone announcements. Nick also offers private voiceover lessons, which cover technique, how to audition, how to get work, and the general ins and outs of the voice acting business. Nick is also a musician and live music promoter, so we're going to hear all about that. Welcome, Nick. Susie, thanks so much for having me. My pleasure. So my first question is if you could um, tell me a little bit about your background and when you first started playing music. Okay. Well, as far as music goes, I started playing guitar when I was about seven years old. Um, I was very lucky, very fortunate to have an uncle who was a jazz musician uh, who played with uh, some famous people, including Les Paul. Um, So I started playing at a very young age, and even though this was a long time ago, uh, he actually had a recording studio in his basement, which back then was unheard of. Um, But he would take me down there when I was pretty young, and I was smitten. I was fascinated with not only his guitars and amplifiers, but all the audio equipment and the microphones and tube amps and reel-to-reels and all that stuff. So... You know, he told me that the, I was maybe four or five. He put me in front of a microphone, and that was it. I was, I was, it was my lifelong love affair with the microphone. <laughs> so, th- did he record down there? He did. He recorded, and I somewhere I have some old cassettes. Uh, he he would record on reel to reel, and sometimes he would get other musicians to come and and play, and it was it was just fascinating to me. 
fantastic. So is um, your band is called Sea of Otters, and I see that you've been playing together since the 90s. So um, I was wondering if you could talk about um, whether that's your fir the first band that you had or, uh, or not, and, um, and how this band came together. Sure. Um, no, it was not the first band. I started. I was playing in a wedding band when I was a teenager, actually. Um, and then I played in a few cover bands. I played with the Acme Boogie Company for a while. And uh, I had a band with my cousin and my friend Jim called Offer May Vary. And that was an acoustic blues band, mostly. Uh, we did some, you know, well, the whole concept was Offer May Vary. Some nights we'd do punk tunes. At, you know, in an acoustic blues style, uh, sometimes show tunes, whatever. You know, we would. It, it was just a little different all the time. And out of that band, Sea of Otters was born. And it's interesting because when I was in high school, no one could remember how to say my name. So a friend of mine said, "Oh, just think Sea of Otters," and so <laughs> that became our band name when I started doing original music. And that was about 1989 or 1990. And uh, we've been together ever since with different members, but me and my cousin uh, Pat Lally are the two consistent members in the band. We've been in the band the whole time. And uh, it's all my original music, and, you know, we all kind of arrange it ourselves. Um, so uh, maybe you could describe, um, because we're on the radio, um, the type of music that you play? Sure. It's, uh, well, you know, it's so funny because back in the day they used to call it alternative. Everything was alternative back then, you know. <laughs> yeah, they said that because they couldn't, they couldn't figure out what to call it. Exactly. <laughs> and uh, one of the best compliments we ever got was by Chris Barry, who had since passed away, but he used to write for the Aquarian Weekly and for the Village Voice. And he, uh, one of the, he wrote a, a review of us. He came to see us, and he said, one of the things I love about this band is I can't compare them to anybody. You know, I usually mm. start this article by comparing a band to another band, but these guys are truly original. And I don't know if I believe that, but I, I do believe that our style is kind of all over the place. It's funky, rock, it's sometimes heavy, sometimes not as heavy. Uh, we have a lot of harmonies and interesting stuff going on, so... I guess that's about it. Uh, what would you say is your favorite type of music to play? Oh, wow. Uh, I love all kinds of music. Uh, to play, I believe it or not, even though I hardly ever play it out, I love playing classical music. Uh, <laughs> at home a lot, I'll play pla uh, classical. And I used to play it a lot more. Uh, I do love jazz and rock and, and everything else, though. So... I, you know, and blues is always fun to play, uh, just jamming around with people, you know. And and do you play more more instruments? How many instruments? Okay, well, I uh, I actually started out on the violin mm -hmm. when I was very young, and uh, I can still play a little bit, but um, I'm not as good. I, I really concentrated on guitar, and I can play bass and a little piano and vocals. Um, Oh, and I played trumpet briefly too. <laughs> <So> <laughs> and do you good. do you bring any of those? Well, maybe not the violin, but do you bring any of those into um, you know any of the arrangements when you're 
thinking about how you're going to play a particular song? Yeah, I actually do. And I, I it's so funny because even though I don't consider myself a great pianist, sometimes I'll actually write a song on piano and then think about and and then pick up the guitar, you know. So, um for me the the piano is is totally utilitarian, but guitar is is what I concentrate on mostly and vocals. Um but I hear, you know, when I write songs, I hear orchestras in my head. I hear all the arrangements, you know. <laughs> Right. So even stuff like even instruments I can't play, uh, I can hear. You know what I mean? Right. And who would you say are your influences? Wow. Uh, what a loaded question. There's so many. Um, <laughs> I you know I had a conversation with someone recently about Stevie Wonder. I think Stevie Wonder, when the album Songs in the Key of Life came out, Love that, uh, album. that album kind of changed my life uh, as a musician. Um, that was a huge influence. Of course, the Beatles and Stones and early Pink Floyd and Carlos Santana was a huge influence on my guitar style. Right. Neil Young. Uh, and a lot of the punk bands. I was into the Dead Kennedys. I was into the B-52s. So it's kind of my, my, the influence for the band comes from all over the place. And I try to incorporate a little bit of everything. So what's it like to be a musician in Jersey City today? Well, it's it's actually really cool today because there's so many talented people. Um, and I've been in the scene, so to speak, for a long time. And I'm a promoter as well. So I've, I've booked a lot of bands uh, and put a lot of shows together. And right now, it's, it's the most amazing period, I think, for music here in Jersey City. Uh, there's so many great musicians in all genres. Um, a lot of great singer-songwriters, tons of great uh, jazz players, uh, you know, soloists, you know, even classical, a little bit of everything. Uh, and, you know, it's great because everybody knows everybody else. You know, it's a big city, but in a way it's like a small town because it seems like all the musicians and artists and poets and writers in the city know each other, you know. And the events just keep piling up. As you know, we were talking previously. Um, you know, I'm very excited because this weekend we have so many fabulous events. Um, starting with um, there's uh, this wild jazz adventure at the Jersey City Reservoir. Right. That's going to be from six to eight on Friday. And then the Live at the Lumberyard begins, which is a series. And I know that you you put that together or you help put that together? Yeah, I'm one of the organizers. Uh, it, basically, I work with Gerald Lucas. It's it's friggin' fabulous productions. We, we handle all, all the booking of the bands, the, uh, you know, hiring sound people, and, and basically the technical aspects of the show. And I'm also the MC. But the RNA, you know, the Riverview uh, Neighborhood Association, they're the main sponsors. And, um, you know, they came to us a while, well, I guess about four years ago, um, to start this series. And uh, Dan, who owns the, you know, Palisade Lumber, actually said, I would love to have bands in my lumber yard. And a lot of people laughed and said, no, you can't do that. But we said, hey. He said, yes, you can. Why not? Yeah, you can. <laughs> You know, why not? We play in graveyards and backyards. Why, why not lumberyards, you know? <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> so, um, yeah, so that starts um, 
Friday evening. Uh, both of those events are part of Jersey City Fridays. Yeah, JC Fridays. We were talking about, um, and, you know, it, it's just got, you know, Jersey City is so huge, and there's so many different areas, and there are just events, you know, that one night or that one day, I should say, um, like everywhere. So, you know, do we think that it's just starting to be too much? Uh, well, in my opinion, I think, uh, you know, Art House is doing an amazing job with it. It's just gotten so big. And, uh, you know, as I've said to some people, I think what I would like to see is maybe do it once a month, but have just maybe two or three shows and maybe highlight a neighborhood and, and don't have all the shows at the same time, you know, have like something early and then something maybe at eight o'clock, then something at like an after party, um, because, you know, it's so spread out, you know, there's going to be 25 people at each gig. You know what I mean? Right. I mean not the Lumberyard. The Lumberyard's probably going to be much more crowded and, and some of these other shows. But, you know, I, I think it would be, it personally, I think it would be better if it was a smaller scope. Um, but, I mean, it is great. There's so much going on. I mean, there's so much to choose from. It's hard. I wish I could clone myself and go to all the shows, you know. Right. I mean, that's the whole problem. I mean, you know, it's a combination of, um, I would say one of the problems is it's a combination of there being so many events that you have to choose which ones you're going to go to and the rest you just don't even see. And then on top of that, you know, the people who are in the event obviously can't go to any other event either. Well, right. A lot of our friends have gigs in other at other events that would normally come to see us, and vice versa. We would normally go to see them, but right. So if it were know, less yeah. less to go to, you know, it could be more you know, like you're saying. It would be better, you know, highlighted, and you know, the bands would have a better turnout, and you know, I mean, it's just, uh, yeah, it's just. Yeah. I yeah I, you know, I mean, I remember last, right. not last one. Well, the last one I had an event myself, so I couldn't go to anything else. Um, but, you know, times before that, I can remember going to events in the Heights and not being able to even get to downtown or any other place. So Yeah, it would be kind of cool if they had, like, a shuttle bus system to go to every event and, and stagger the times, you know. Yeah. So um, what do you think? Do you think that there's, um, you know, as the events, you know, as the, let's say, the music scene continues to grow, um, for Jersey City, do you think um, that we're going to see more indoor venues? Because right now there's not that many indoor venues. Yes, I I, I do think that's going to happen, um, and it is already happening. I mean, uh, here and there, it's just it's it's just the whole getting a cabaret license approved by the city and all that. That's that's why people are careful about having live music events in some other places if they don't have a license. So that's that's going to get sorted out. But there are new, you know, bars and clubs opening all the time in Jersey City. Right. Um, and so this Friday at Live at the Lumbiar, uh, we have um, the Sea of Otters, which is your band, CK and the Professor, and Plastic Passion. Right. It's quite a lineup. Um, yes. Yeah. That should be great. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we had – well, last year we actually did have CK and the Professor and Plastic Passion. We have some new bands this year. 
but they were just amazing last year, and uh, you know we're honored to be on the same bill with them. It's going to be quite a quite a show, and uh, right. you know our musical styles are a little bit different each band, so that's it's it's going to be high energy, but it's going to be uh, you know kind of all over the place, which is great. Right, fantastic. Okay, let's switch gears a little bit, and um, you know you have a radio station, Freakin' Fabulous Radio. So maybe you yep. could talk a little bit about that, and um, you know what type of guests you have on, and how often does it air, and how do people listen in? Okay, well, yeah, it's it's Friggin' Fabulous Radio, and it's friggin'fabulousradio.com, and it's on iTunes. In fact, it was one of the first ten podcasts on iTunes. It was mm. in the beta test mode, actually, uh, many, many years. I think it was 99 uh, when I first started it. But in any case, um, I mostly I interview bands, musicians, authors, uh, graphic artists, all kinds of interesting creative people, and people I find interesting. And mostly I... I do live shows once in a while now, but not not as often. I, I'd like to do that more, you know, kind of start that up again. Uh, but I, I, it's mostly pre-recorded. You mean video, or you mean? No, I mean live radio shows. Uh, right now, every uh, the segments are mostly pre-recorded uh, and produced. You know, I, I mean it's a combination of music and talking about the music and that kind of thing. Um, and I've had some live shows where I've actually had live bands on. From my studio, um, which I want to do again. It's just trying to find the time to coordinate all that is is tough. Uh, mm-hmm. And I uh, actually a few months ago, I just uh, there's a friggin' fabulous radio app, um, so which you can download, uh, you know, for your smartphone, tablet, or whatever, in the Amazon App Store. If you just search friggin' fabulous radio, so it's a cool, nifty little app as well. Excellent. Oh, I can't wait to check that out. Yeah. Um, all right. So, and and so we're gonna, uh, you know, move on to um, you as a voiceover artist. So let's talk about uh, when did that begin, and um, what were or are some of the favorite projects that you've worked on, and um, and tell us about that. Sure. Uh, I started fairly young. Uh, you know, I, I was a radio DJ years ago, and I was uh, lucky enough to work at WHTG with Matt Pinfield and that whole crew and Mike Sauter and Rich Robinson. And I was not only a DJ, but I was also the staff announcer slash production director. So I did a lot of their voiceovers. And then I moved on to Bloomberg Radio, where I was the arts and entertainment reporter and I also was the staff announcer. But when I left Bloomberg in 2009, I actually went out on my own. I got calls from a few different agencies in New York. Uh, so I've been a freelance voiceover artist since then, and I love it. Um, you know, uh, it's it's hard work. Uh, a lot of people think it's really easy. Oh, you just go into the studio and make a lot of money. But uh, – <laughs> There's actually more to it than that, but you have to constantly, you're constantly working or trying to get more work. Um, and what I, you know, I actually teach as well. I give uh, one-on-one lessons. And what I tell my students is if you want to do this uh, full-time, as I do, 
for a living, you have to do a lot of different things. Um, there's lots of stuff on the internet now. Uh, there's in-house videos, even YouTube videos they need narrators for. I mean, I do a lot of national commercials and stuff and documentaries. But some of my favorite projects are like the children's educational stuff, you know, videos and, and things like that. I just I just did a whole series for that's going to be in the public schools, basically vocabulary words. It's just me saying the vocabulary words and asking questions. So mm, Excellent. Why can't we to hear that? Yeah, yeah, it's 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 very cool, and I do that through a a local company in Hoboken called uh, Robots and Cupcakes, and uh, they do all kinds of children's apps and video games and tutorials, and it's very yeah. cool. So if you're willing to to do a lot of different things and you're willing to set up a nice home studio, uh, a nice sounding home studio, you're in good shape. Like most of the stuff I do, I do right from uh, my walk-in closet in my apartment, <laughs> you know. Wow. Yeah. Um, so let's talk about, um, you know, you were, you were mentioning that um, you love being freelance for voiceover and um, ways in which you um, promote, let's say, and, and look for new stuff. So how do you, how, you know, what, what are the best routes for for that kind of thing, you know what I mean? Is it um, expanding your own website, having all of those, let's say, video samples, you know, obviously sound video um, examples, or are there other ways that that um, that you promote? Well, I'll tell you, it's a little bit of everything. But Facebook is an amazing promotional tool. I mean, most people just think about about it as you know, playing games and catching up with their friends, but uh, there's so many different group pages on uh, Facebook related to music and voiceover and all kinds of things in the industry. Uh, so I use Facebook a lot, LinkedIn. I've gotten a lot of work from Facebook, LinkedIn. Uh, and there's a great resource called VoiceBank. It's voicebank.net. And it basically lists every production studio, ad agency, talent agency, anybody that has anything to do with the voiceover business, it's listed alphabetically, and you can just go in, and, and I'll just send out my demo or a link to my website, and I've gotten a lot of work that way. And a lot of it, uh, quite frankly, is word of mouth. Right. You know, people saying, wow, this guy's really good, you know, you should use him, and uh, or she's really good. So, you know, it uh, it's a little bit of everything. But you have to constantly keep on top of your, you know, basically your Google listings and all that kind of stuff, you know. Right. Um, and so when you use LinkedIn, are you posting in group areas or you're just putting posts in the main section? Well, both actually. Um, I put a lot of stuff in the main section and then people will um, – you know, want to link in with me. Or sometimes, uh, I don't spend a ton of time doing it anymore, but if you join a conversation on LinkedIn, one of these group pages, a lot of times, you know, if, if you go on a site that's uh, casting directors are on, for example, and just mention a comment with your link or something like that, or, oh, I did something like similar to that, I've gotten work that way. Mm-hmm. 
So, I mean, you know, and, and also there's the traditional route of getting in, hooking up with a talent agent in New York or L.A., uh, and then going on auditions. I mean, a lot of the national stuff, most of it is still done that way, although it's starting to, you know, move away from that, um, you know, and where so you would you, do it from and, home. And so you coach people um, on not only voiceover technique, but, um, you know, how to prepare for those kinds of exactly it's it's not just technique although that's very important uh because it is acting you, you know everyone's like oh you, i just i have a good voice i can be a voiceover person it's like <laughs> no you have to it's it's voice acting it's like learning an instrument just because you have a piano in your apartment doesn't make you a concert pianist you have to use your instrument is what i tell everybody so yeah so basically uh it's not just technique but i cover uh, how to get work, how to hook up with agencies, production houses, uh, what your website should look like, what it's, you know, I produce demos as well, so I'll produce, you know, really good sounding demos for uh, for people who want to get into the industry. So it's a little bit of everything, and since I've done everything, including directing in the business, you know, I think I'm uniquely suited to help people out, you know, and I, I, as much as I can, I, I do that. Um, so, uh, so what, you know, what uh, are you uh, working on? Let's say currently, are there? You were saying that you um, are you're doing, you've done documentaries as well, mm -hmm. and um, so, and you just were, you were talking about that you were just did this um, vocabulary thing, so. Uh, any any other things uh, in the works that you'd like to share? Well, it's funny. This morning I actually rushed home and got home about a half an hour before this uh, interview because I was in a studio in Manhattan doing a training video for NASDAQ. Like, in other words, for um, NAS people that get hired by the NASDAQ. So um, it was basically my voice on this really cool video that they're making. Um, and that was a lot of fun. Uh, you know, I, I love working on projects like that. And I, you know, I've been the spokesperson, I guess you would say, for Allegra for about four years now. So all the, you know, the Allegra commercials, and I really enjoy doing those and a little bit of everything. Um, I also did a, I narrated a soccer documentary. I'm a big soccer fan and I was, fortunate enough to, to narrate this documentary called Beyond the Beautiful Game. And uh, you can check that out on YouTube, but it was a thrill getting to narrate that documentary because I'm so into soccer, you know, football. Yeah, <laughs> so. you love it when those things come together, right? Yeah, yeah, um, it was a lot of fun. So uh, have you ever joined one of these, companies that specializes in voiceover artists, you know, where you're part of, let's say, their whole team of voiceover artists, or uh, is it better for voiceover artists to promote themselves well, individually? I, yeah, that's, that's an interesting question. I would say uh, be very wary of places like Edge Studios and Studio Center in Manhattan because they basically just want your money. And uh, I've had a lot of students come to me from places like that because they spent all this money and they didn't get one 
voiceover job, um, or they didn't help them get any voiceover jobs. So it's very good to hook up with an agent, a talent agent, a reputable talent agent. And I don't want to say that all these schools and, and organizations are bad, but you have to be careful because they make you sign exclusivity contracts, like especially Studio Center. They they pursued me for a while. And I said to them, unless you can guarantee me a lot of money every month, I'm not going to sign with you because I have friends that sign with them and they make $100 a month, but right. they can't do any other voiceovers. Oh, boy. Yeah, so yeah. it's a scam. They and, can't and make a living on that. No, I mean, <laughs> <laughs> no, certainly can't. So I personally, I'm a very independent person anyway. So I just, I've gone out there and gotten a lot of work on my own, and other people can do it as well. And I have former students who are doing very well doing just that. Um, it's not easy. You have to constantly you know, you might have to send out 100 emails a week, but you're going to get your prob. If you're good, you're probably going to get work out of it. You know, so as and I said, Voice Bank is a great resource, and it's it's legit. You know, right? Voice Bank. I'll have to look into that. Yeah. What it is. Um. So, when when musicians or voiceover artists are preparing their music or videos for, let's say, web purposes. Are there any particular software programs you prefer or websites that you prefer? Like, you know, the reason I'm asking, like, basically some people say the video is better on Vimeo than it is on YouTube, you know, stuff like that. So are there any things that you recommend as far as sound music? Well, yeah, to be honest, I... I like Vimeo and YouTube. I I don't know if there's I mean I I usually post stuff on both. And as far as software goes, personally uh, for audio software, if you have a PC, I really like Adobe Audition and SoundForge. They're great editing programs. Sony Vegas I use for video. Um if you have a Mac, uh Pro Tools is great. It's a little hard to use. It, you know, it's a big learning curve. Um, but there's a program called Audacity, and it's free for both PC and Mac. Mm. And it's excellent. I mean, for a free program, uh, you can do a whole lot. It, you know, most people don't need to do – I mean, I do mastering as well. Uh, you need uh, more advanced software. But if you're just recording your voice or just guitar in your voice or something, it's it's great. Um yeah. And people don't realize that uh, you could set up a home studio for $500 or less um, if you know what you're doing. You know, and I, I advise people, I help people set up home studios as well. Right. They think you have to spend, you know, hundreds of thousands of dollars to make it sound good, but you really don't. You know? I'm... All right. Uh, any last um, event? notices or things you want to talk about? Well, I did want to promote the fact that um, I, you know, I'm playing with Malcolm Marsden at uh, Groove on Grove on uh, June 17th, which Excellent. is Wednesday, June 17th. And then right after that, every Wednesday also I host an open mic at the Trolley Car in the Heights, 328 Palisades Avenue. In fact, I'll be there tonight. 
and a lot of the local musicians, poets, just really creative people come out to it, uh, comedians. Uh, so it's it's great, and that's every Wednesday. Sign up is eight thirty. We usually start at nine, um, and I guess that's about it. But I, I also wanted to say that I talk to people all the time that either lose their jobs or hate their jobs, and they want to get out of the corporate world. And I'm living proof that you can make a living uh, working freelance and doing what you love to do. It's hard work but you can actually live your dream and do what you want to do. Excellent. That's the perfect way to uh, end this this uh, this call. Uh, we were talking with Nick Ciavada, and uh, definitely check out tonight uh, in Jersey City Heights, um, the Trolley Car Cafe and on Palisade Avenue, and uh, the fabulous Live at the Lumberyard is Friday from seven to ten in time for Jersey City Fridays. All right. Thank you so much, Nick, for doing the podcast. Thank you. It was a pleasure. My pleasure. Susie Brantastic signing off. Till next time. All right, bye. Bye. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.